Welcome to the Simply Authentic Podcast with Angie and Tanya, where we will enlighten you with our real estate knowledge, highlight entrepreneurship, and have conversations about your passions, goals, and your struggles. Welcome to the Simply Authentic Podcast. I'm Angie Mullings. And I'm Tanya Murphan. We're very excited to be coming to you on location today. We're at 4x4 in Fremont Hills. Yes, we are. We have Derek with us, who is one of the owners of 4x4. And we appreciate Gershman getting in the car and coming on the road show today to set up for us. So we're super excited to be here, yeah, Derek. thanks guys. Thanks for coming. Yes, absolutely. So... As we get started, I want to give you a congratulations to begin with. What an amazing place you have. Appreciate that a lot. Yes. Very interesting and fun. (laughs) Yes. I'm excited to tell the listeners and for you to tell the listeners how you guys got started. So give us the background of how 4x4 came to be. Okay. So uh, 4x4 is four husbands and four wives. So we are four couples that were... Friends who traveled together, uh, barbecued together. One fortunately made beer in his garage that we enjoyed drinking of. Yeah. Um, and kind of just over time morphed into this idea that this could be a fun second job slash hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, with some travels to Nashville, some other cities, Northwest Arkansas, um, as well as St. Louis, Kansas City. We really decided that we could viably put a small microbrewery neighborhood tap room together and just enjoy it. Okay. Um, and we did. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So you started with that neighborhood taproom concept in, in Galloway. Absolutely. So while you were getting that started, did you, did you hold another job? What, how, did, how did that all take place? What did that look like? Did everybody have their own little job to do within the organization? Yeah, I think, uh, so initially I'll get everyone had their jobs. Yeah, we um, maintained our day jobs, worked evenings, weekends, um, especially with the group of us, we were able to kind of mix and match. It was very small in the beginning anyway, and we could manage that. Um, I think fairly quickly we realized that our head brewer, um, Chris, needed to go full-time. Um, just for the time demands and family life. Mm-hmm. Um, he went full-time, and then quickly behind that, my wife went full-time. Um, so we had kind of what I call front of house, back of house. We had main, you know, the beer being made, mm-hmm. developed recipes, and then my wife was doing a lot of the front of house, um, starting to bring on employees, operations. Um, those are the only two that have full-time jobs still to this day here, and then the okay. rest of us have maintained our full-time jobs during the day and still change in the evening and Elsewhere. weekends. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you started in Galloway, so that was your first location. So give me the timeline from when you're brewing in the basement and you're traveling. How long did the experience take before you chose where you were going to open that first microbrewery? Yeah, so that was that was kind of an interesting story, too. We were, um, at the time, actually looking in Nixa okay. to open our very first one. Okay. Um, there wasn't anything that just location-wise really worked, um, but we knew we wanted something smaller um, more intimate that had a connection with a neighborhood of some sort. Um, right. Finding Sequiota and the park and the trail yes. just tied hand in hand with the culture and the beer and the people. Um, so we got an opportunity to grab a small building there. Yep. Um, and so from the time of the, what I would call the crazy idea of, yeah, sure, let's do it. Wait, how do we do this? Right. <laughs> um, to actually developing the business plan, taking down the lease, getting equipment purchased, um, took us 
just shy of a year and a half to open the doors. Okay, great. So anybody who likes craft beer and has traveled to other parts of the, of the country, and I know that's where you got some of your ideas from, that neighborhood concept is very popular, like in Colorado, for instance. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was new here. I mean, at the time you started, there were only maybe one or two other breweries in town? Yeah, so you're, you're exactly right. I think um, Springfield had a good foundation of what I call craft brewery, somewhat state or regional distribution based. Mm-hmm. Um, Mother, Springfield Brew Co., White River Brewing had their own niches um, and obviously all had tap rooms, but in a different facet. Um, right. Larger scale production, things like that. We felt like there was that opportunity to have the small traffic only in person, minimal to no distribution, um, which is selling out to the bars and restaurants or retail stores, Got it. which that's obviously changed. <laughs> but yeah. um, the neighborhood concept is exactly what you said. In fact, we uh, saw it in Denver, Boulder a lot. That's where mm-hmm. I'm actually from originally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, we felt like it was needed. Now, ironically, when we came up with the idea, uh, another couple came up with the same idea. And us and Ty and Timber basically opened in conjunction oh, oh, within okay. a few months of each other. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think that's where you've seen the craft beer industry move into Springfield is mm-hmm. multiple. I mean, I think we have 10 now, 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were number five in 2017. Okay. And so what is that relationship like in town when you come, when you have this idea and you start your research and you're traveling around with your friends and, and you're doing the, the research by going and drinking right. beer it's and really seeing hard. the, yeah. 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 And seeing these different taverns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what, what did that look like with your fellow brewers in Springfield area? And what's that like today? Um, it, it's always been really good. It, I think craft beer is a very unique industry and culture. Yeah. Um, everyone, for the most part, is open door. Um, we could ask really any question. Springfield Brewing Company was a huge help with Chris on the brewing side, um, reaching out to Jeff at Mother's. Uh, even at the time, the owner of White River at the time, he was right. extremely helpful. Um, and then even us and Tyne Timber having conversations as we were developing and trying to open together, even there was there was support and bounce off sure. ideas and also mm-hmm. allowed us to differentiate and provide two different experiences yeah. and yeah. not open the same thing. Right. Um, so it was good then. I would say it's better now even because mm-hmm. as we've got to 10, 11, at one point, I think 12, um, we developed a Springfield craft beer collective. And so all of us owners or representatives of the breweries get together. We meet monthly. We do events together. Nice. Um, so we've just become even closer, truly somewhat friends of other breweries and other brewery owners. Yeah. 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 And you talk about that, the experience, I think for our listeners out there that maybe have not experienced a craft um, brewery, a, a small microbrew, um, it's, it's, um, it's almost like you see a lot of people on laptops. You see a lot of people come here and do some work. You um, see a I, lot of families. Talk about that experience and yeah. what that's like. Yeah. I think that was something we, um, we as having children enjoyed about going and wanted to continue to drive and bring that here. I think there's, there's two misconceptions. One, that either craft breweries were really pretentious or mm-hmm. like even confused. Like when you had to learn how to order at Starbucks, right? right. It felt like the same way here. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah. That's something we wanted to eliminate, be very approachable, be very understanding, have a lot of options. Uh, but secondly, make it family friendly. It's the biggest thing that we have to get people to understand is we're not a bar. Right. We're not shooting shots. We're not staying open late. Right. We're not, mm-hmm. well, not doing mixed drinks, anything like that. It is right. handcrafted approachable beers meant to have a couple hang out with friends and family 
work meetings, mm-hmm. social gatherings, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you go home or go get dinner or whatever. Right. Right. Um, so making sure that we can drive that that concept to people, I guess, to the public in general to know that this isn't just come get drunk. Yeah. Right. In fact, we prefer we don't have that right. route. Right. Right. And and I think all the other breweries would say the same. Yeah. Yeah. But it's messaging. It's just getting that across to people. Absolutely. Right. So being a Fremont Hills resident, you just talking about what the perception sometimes is of, oh, it's a bar. It says brewery. It's a bar. So tell us about how the Fremont Hills location came to be and what kind of hurdles you crossed during that uh, presentation, so to speak, of, yeah. hey, we want to come here. So the, the first thing I would say, we, we quickly realized through and post-COVID that we were in a position at our Galloway location. We either had to really expand. Mm-hmm. We, our demand was there. The volume was there. Um, but the location was inefficient, and it was tight, and it was almost to a point kind of dangerous, right, because we're really tight quarters. Sure. Um, so we realized we either need to go all in and find a location, build a location, scale up, or we need to pull way back. Right. Well, none of us are. We're all kind of... Let's go-getters. Do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, as soon as we asked that question, we all kind of looked at each other like, we know the answer. Duh, so yeah. we yeah. dove in. Um, we knew also that I, I think we've always pushed the boundaries of the first brewery didn't have to be downtown. Right. It could yeah. be south. That's true. Yeah. We pushed it again and said, hey, why not Christian County, Fremont Hills, Ozark, Nixa? Right. So we started researching again in this corridor of those three cities. Uh, Fremont Hills kind of felt perfect in the sense of high traffic road, great visibility, connection of both Nixon and Ozark right. and really tying the communities as For one sure. um, and not just alienating one or the other. So yeah. we were very fortunate to get this location. Um, building ground up took some time. Um, obviously having to get approved through the city of Fremont Hills right. overall was fantastic. The city was great to work with. Good. Um, I'd say 99% of the population was fine. Yeah. There were definitely concerns. I don't blame them. Sure. We're in the near a few homes yep. mm-hmm. um, and so we tried to message again what we just talked about we're different you're not having a bar open in your backyard we're not going to be playing music till midnight or one we're not right. going to have drunk people stumbling off and whatnot right. um, so we had to message that and then secondly we really really wanted to bring the same culture and fit to Fremont, as Fremont Hills has mm-hmm. and or better and right. so we wanted to make sure they understood that we'll spend the money to give them an appearance in a, in a venue that they're proud of and that yes. fits their city um, and so we had to stay with that. Obviously, there was some challenges on our end sure. saying, why do we need to pay mm-hmm. this much for this or that? Right. Um, but it was important that they accepted us and they're happy and proud to be coming here yeah. and that mm-hmm. we're, we are in their backyard, per yeah. se. Absolutely. And as a resident, I can say in the beginning, there was objections, as sure. there always are, to anything changing. Yeah. But now you guys are busy all the time. And I know it's not just the residents of Fremont Hills, mm-hmm. but... What I hear residents saying is, oh, my gosh, we can't believe the reception that Christian County alone is having with this place. We love it. And it's so cool. And yep. and you brought the cool factor yeah. down well, thanks. here. We tried. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was um, it's it's an underserved market. Yep. I think you, you have the population and the growth down here. You've got the demographic and you've got the home building. And you've got all the. I say, still say the real estate booms down here. Right. Um, and we have a brewery in Springfield, so it's not to say bad about Springfield, but I felt like everyone right. around here had to go to Springfield to get this yes. environment. Mm-hmm. Um, why not here? Right. Really, yeah. it was kind of our thought. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the different concepts because, again, it is different at Galloway than mm-hmm. it is down here. The other thing I want to bring up is is, is the food 
not dilemma, but you, you're not a, I want our listeners to understand you, you don't come here and you're not serving meals, yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah. it's, it's different from Springfield Brewing Company in that regard. Um, you give options. So talk a little bit about those different cultures. Yeah. So, I mean, that is one thing that was also hard to get people's um, minds and to understand is we're not a restaurant. We right. make beer, which is hard enough to do on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to be able to turn out new stuff. Um, so therefore we chose not to do food, labor, waste, material, all the other reasons, right? Um, we provide food trucks at the Fremont location. Um, one every day, two on the weekends Mm -hmm. rotating. We've got a calendar schedule. It's been working out wonderfully. I love it. Gives people Mm -hmm. options. Yeah. Um, keeps it off our hands. Right. Um, so that's been a win. Um, Springfield Brewing Company is a brew pub. They kill it at that, right? They got a great restaurant, great venue, great beer. That's what they're good at. Um, we just want to be good at beer. Yeah. Um, and providing an atmosphere that's comfortable. Well, yeah. and and by inviting different food trucks to come in, you're helping other local entrepreneurs as sure. well. Yeah, so. that's been one thing that I think we've always strived to do. We work with a lot of charities consistently um, with our game nights. We try to partner with as many of the local food trucks, like you said. We even try to partner with a lot of local businesses. So, Vendor Fair, in fact, I think we have a flower truck coming soon. Oh, um, great. Just cool. to partner up and get yeah. as much little... I say little small business, local traffic as we can. Yeah. Cause we do have a venue now that drives traffic. And so if that foot count can help you're right people, then why not right. leverage that for both? Absolutely. Right. right. So earlier you mentioned COVID mm-hmm. and because I live near here, I've watched this be erected from the beginning for a long time. Yeah. For, <laughs> for, for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us what building this was like during COVID for you. I'll take a quick drink. Yeah. Take a drink on yes. that one. No, I'm just kidding. It was good. Um, it was a challenge. I think everyone saw home building, lumber prices, commercial building, uh, kind of just went chaotic. Um, supply yeah. chain was insane. Getting materials and products were hard. The hardest part was prices <laughs> fluctuating. There was no, here's your quote, here's your bid. It right. was good for 24 hours or right. whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not actually exaggerating. Some of the products were that. So right. the hardest part was just nailing down when can we get something, even mm-hmm. though we've signed a contract on it. Mm-hmm. And then if it gets here, do we have labor to put it in mm-hmm. or on or whatever? Yeah. Um, so the scheduling was a lot of work by our general contractor. Um, Stinson Building did all of that. Uh, it it was done to the best of the abilities. Sure. Right? Again, you order something, it could be three months before it shows sure. up. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the prices ran higher than the original bids. There's no sure. denying that. Um, that was a challenge. But... We got to do it our way and the way we wanted it. And we tried not to sacrifice as much at all because we had a vision, we had a concept, and we wanted to stay true to it. Um, so there were very few concessions made. We just had to get creative in the ones we did make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was a challenge. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. And during that COVID, um, everybody had to learn how to do business differently For sure. right? during COVID. So I know when we had talked earlier, you said something about the, you know, your distribution being one thing and, and you had to kind of punt and go a different direction. Talk, talk a little bit about the decisions that had to be made there because yep. things were different. Yep. So that ties back to a little bit what we were talking about earlier. Um, we were a tap room, people driven focus. We started some keg distribution, which is supplying some bars and restaurants with our products for their taps. Um, then we got into a little bit of canning, but really said we never wanted to do canning. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way to have revenue and to do anything was yeah. to get it on a shelf because yeah. those were still open. Excuse me. So 
it forced our hand a little bit to say, okay, we're willing to can, we're willing to go through that. So we did quick investment, quick changes, got canning really quick, got it on the shelves. What, I shouldn't say we didn't think about it, we did, but I think what surprised us is when COVID was laxed and everything was coming back, well, you had this whole new stream of business and revenue and Mm -hmm. demand Mm -hmm. that didn't go away, everything else just came back. And that's when we really realized, wait, this Galloway location is not gonna suffice. Got it. Right, and so we quickly got into this for that reason. So yeah, it it brought us out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Um, It grew our demand quickly, mm-hmm. um, which comes with a lot of challenges. I'm sure. How quick can you turn the beer? How consistent can that beer be? Inventory management, getting the right yeah. pricing, not mm-hmm. wasting. I mean, so many variables got thrown at us oh, so yeah. quickly yeah. that we just had to really kind of, I say, check and adjust constantly and make sure we were doing the right things. But it, it, it hindsight opened us up to be the brewery that we needed to be or we should have been. Mm-hmm. We were just kind of fighting against, yeah. I think, early yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, sometimes does. those changes are forced. We, yeah. we think we need to take them, but it takes something like COVID or whatever to make us really push forward. And Yeah, and I was, you know, obviously I hate saying this line because there was, COVID was terrible in many, many yeah. reasons and ways. But I will say strictly from the business focus, COVID probably was a good thing, mm-hmm. hindsight, yeah. to force us to think yeah. differently. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, think a lot of businesses would probably say Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, agree. Yeah. yeah. So... If you have canned beer now, where are you sending that? Are you sending it out of our area? So good question. Um, trying to right now. Yeah. That's our heavy focus. Um, yeah. Been working on that all day today. So right now we're Springfield Branson Market. Um, okay. Partnered with Will Fisher Distributing here in town. Awesome. So they do all of our distribution and marketing to um, all, what's called on and off premise. So bars and restaurants or retail stores. Mm-hmm. Um, we are working with another distributor to cover Lake of the Ozarks and Joplin. And then... Uh, two others to potentially do the southern part of the state and kind of that western up to I-70 corridor. Okay. So incrementally trying to add pockets yeah. of the state. The goal is to eventually become statewide distributed. Okay. Um, but it has to be that. done methodically and scaled sure. out so we don't mm-hmm. fail in Absolutely. a sense. But right. uh, that is a big focus right now is trying to get those pockets going now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have a question, mm-hmm. um, kind of a gut check question. So COVID hits mm-hmm. and you start thinking in a way that you said you would never think what is the first thing that four by four does when when you get a gut check like a pandemic and suddenly something's brought to you and you have to now think outside of the box and go a different direction do the four couples call a meeting what what is what do you do immediately yeah, that's a good question um yes definitely we do communicate often yeah. um between all of us, I would say four to five of us are really, really hands-on yeah. um, daily. And then anything big, we make sure all eight, all four couples are on board, agree, right. worded right, mm-hmm. thought right, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that time especially, um, we made a lot of, again, local connections. We partner with a ton of restaurants and brands and things to do joint like beer and their products as a package right. deal for the Love drive that. up. So we started doing yeah, that. Yeah. Um, then the investment was agreed upon by all eight. It was like, Hey, we need a label machine. We need better canning materials. Got it. That's going to cost X. Mm-hmm. Everybody good with this? Right. Cause I know yeah. three months ago we We're said we'd never money. do this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, overall, I mean, they 90% of the time it's here's what we want to do and why. Cool. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we've been fortunate that you know, the biggest question we always get is, are you all still friends? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> do you like one another? Yeah. yeah. And that's, 
I guess six years really now later, we are. I mean, yeah. it's really worked out. We've been fortunate. We all understand, although it took time, kind of where our lane is, what's yes. our role. Yeah. Um, and that was hard, year one and two. For sure. We overstepped each other constantly. Yes. Um, and we've really kind of ironed out our lanes, and that's helped tremendously as well. I yeah. think uh, from my background of having different partners, you do have to establish that. You have to get in a rhythm and, and throw it all in and say, we're doing this, mm-hmm. and then figure out who's good at what. Because everybody yep. has yeah. a strength. Yep. Yeah. And you don't know that if you've just been friends. You know, he does that and she does this, but I'm sure that it took you the time to figure that out. So you aren't pissing somebody off and yeah. stepping on their toes and, and yeah. Yeah. And it's different now we're at the, the size and level. There's a lot more risk now, right? Absolutely. I mean, every one of us has to respect each other and the fact that there's a lot on the line. Yes. We all got homes, you know, all those things. Yes. And so yeah. there has to be a level of communication and respect when you make a big sure. decision at yeah. this level, especially now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So what's, what's next? Do you have any specific plans? You talked about Uh, modeling and and distribution, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think, not to be cliche, next is not doing anything to an extent right now. I think we've grown so much so often in five years, Mm -hmm. almost six years now, Mm -hmm. that I think we need to get really good at what we do again. And I mean focusing on attention to details, consistencies in beers, service levels, um, but yes, the next big step is trying to incrementally get to that state distribution platform. That's really the, the business focus right now is getting signed on with these distributors, executing these markets, sure. getting that growth, and then making sure, I guess secondly to type, I guess we are doing something. We're changing Galloway, rebranding it. Okay. Um, we have two breweries 10 minutes apart, right? So we don't want right. to cannibalize and take away from Galloway right, to right. our best of our abilities. And it really hasn't, but... We are going to rebrand that to the Unhinged Project at 4x4, okay. uh, which is going to be a ton of fun. So it's weird one-off beers, crazy mm-hmm. sours, IPAs, um, a lot of barrel aging programs, stuff that you don't necessarily see all the time in the area. Okay. Um, and that we aren't doing here even. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a reason to go there as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've done our first couple beers there and a few barrel aged, and we've really just now started pumping those into production really in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um You'll see a little bit of a paint changeover, some branding. Um, you already seen stuff trickle in with glassware, shirts, things like that. Cool. So that'll be kind of the next big launch of like, here's our barrel program. Yeah. Here's our cool food or beers at Unhinged Project right. yeah, with right. crazy ingredients. Yeah. So I guess we are doing stuff. It, yeah, you sure. <laughs> you have to, right? You if do. you're a business, you're an entrepreneur, it's, it's always moving forward. You've always got to be thinking about the next thing. But I loved a couple of things that you said there that I really want to kind of dive into just a little bit. First of all, you started small. There's a lot of businesses, people in our business in real estate, a lot of times they they get in and they think, I've got to spend all this money on pr- promotion and marketing and it, you know, they just they just they dive in, but they dive in by spending just a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And you guys went into a small location, a location like you said that wasn't downtown, that wasn't tried and true. And I think that's important for our listeners to hear that, um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to spend a ton of money. I mean, you spent money, but it's enough. But, but I'm just saying you don't have to go real big to get a great product, a great environment, all those things. I agree. Um, that was definitely focus is making it more organic and and intimate that people connection Mm -hmm. first, Mm -hmm. um, consistently with the brand on social medias or other platforms and merchandise, things like that, mm-hmm. but not so much. In fact, to this day, we still haven't paid for advertising. That's awesome. Um, yeah. 
which I'm sure some companies in town hate. Sorry. Um, <laughs> hey, but, that's a win. Yeah. yeah. But the domain is there. The yeah. brand loyalty is growing <laughs> and we can still do better at that. And then that's not to say we're not going to. Sure. Obviously, as sure. this continues to grow, that's probably yeah. a step we get to. Um, but we wanted to prove concepts and prove the demand, improve the product quality. Mm-hmm. Um, because if it didn't work, we didn't want to lose everything. Right. Right. And so we want to go in that was affordable and easy enough to be like, okay, maybe we don't love this or maybe this was a bad idea. We could have mm-hmm. pulled off or right. got out of it or whatever. And that obviously wasn't the case. We loved it and yeah. we're running forward. But right. um, it's scary enough to do this five, six years later. I can't imagine going in like this day one <laughs> yeah. and yeah. not knowing no. anything. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. The second thing that you mentioned there was that um, you... I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly how you put it. I won't. I, I'll just I'll just paraphrase. But you said we want to we want to do what we do right, mm-hmm. and we're not trying to take on a lot of different projects. We want to be really good at what we do. A lot of people think diver- diversification is I've got to try this and I've got to try this and I've got to try this, and they they're constantly trying. And from a marketing perspective, I think that's really rough on your consumer because they they can't keep up with what you're doing. So. I think our industry already leads to that, to be honest, because mm-hmm. if I look at our business, it's really three separate businesses already. And so why add more to it? One, we've got to be a service-oriented, atmosphere-driven, attention to detail, clean, all those things, right? Mm-hmm. So the guest experience is there. Mm-hmm. you got to make a product. So you kind of have that recipe development, inventory management, consistency, all those things mm-hmm. go into that. And then third is going to sell it out to the market. Mm-hmm. So we're now we're kind of a sales organization trying to go to bars and restaurants, to retail stores. Right. So we already, in my head, excuse me, in my head is, it's already a busy concept with mm-hmm. really three For different sure. businesses yeah. in one. Um, adding food or adding any other layer to that is just kind of daunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems absolutely it's to tie back. So yeah, we, we need to get really good at those three. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're good in many of those aspects, but I don't think we're perfect in all three. And until sure. we can really hone those in, there's no point in tackling more. Yeah. Because you're right. Uh, my wife does all marketing, social media, and I think we throw enough she's at her already. A, yeah. Uh-huh. She's doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah. Because yeah. if I want to know what's going on, I'm on Instagram or Facebook yeah. looking yep. it up. And I don't know what any of those mean. Yeah. So, uh, she does you're great. You're on there. Yeah. yeah. I am she on does there, a great job. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And you newsletters. You have newsletters too. I yep. get the yeah, monthly newsletters. So that's that's great. So the Fremont Hills location. Tell us about this. So if somebody has never been here before, mm-hmm. as they're listening, they're going to visualize how you're going to describe it and what kind of atmosphere and culture and feeling you created here and all the things there are to do here. Yeah. So we try to kind of bring a little bit for everybody. We've got a really nice, smaller, intimate what we call the barley room, which is where we're at today. Right. Um, great for private events, family events, uh, reservations, business meetings, <clears throat> excuse me, or if it's just open on the weekend, it's just quieter and more comfortable. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got our main big bar area. It's kind of bright, modern, shiny lights, signs, um, TVs, catch a game, whatever you want to do there. Yeah. Maybe a little bit louder, maybe music in there. Yeah. Um, or you got your outdoor space. So we've got fully, uh, uncovered outdoor. So AstroTurf, really clean outdoor stage, Putting green, cornhole, soon to be more outdoor games, bocce ball, things awesome. like that. Um, and then a full covered patio, which can also be closed in in the winter. Yeah. So you've got that covered aspect. It's still comfortable. You can enjoy it even in the weather. Um, also able to reserve. So we really have a clean, modern, somewhat simplistic 
feel. Yeah. Um, but you can find your area of the brewery that fits you best Suits or is you. most comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the interactive board games, coloring books for kids, yeah. uh, card games, outdoor games, all that yeah. is meant to just provide an atmosphere um, for the whole family. Yeah. But with your kids. Yes. Yeah. With yeah. your kids. Yeah. You're going to see some posts and letters here soon <laughs> in about two hours. Um, we struggle a little bit with kids. Sure. Yep. And, and every brewery does. Yep. We've all discussed it. Yeah. Um, it is family friendly. It's just, it's not a park. Right. Yeah. So we're yeah. all working to figure out how to communicate that, how to manage that, yeah. not be rude, not police, but it needs to be comfortable for everybody. It does. Um, yeah. And so we're, we're all actively working all I think every brewery yeah yeah for the most part I'll be watching because that is you know coming here without my grandchildren mm-hmm. or one of them is two and a half so she loves this place she yeah. calls it 44 Perfect. and every time we go by 44 Mimi 44 so she tells me she wants to come here yeah so for a two and a half year old to say they want to come to 44 it's because of the environment yeah. right and that she knows she can play in the outdoor area and and so I have to watch her and keep eyes on her yeah. so that she's mm-hmm. not running amok, but not every parent does that. Right. So right. That's yeah, a, we're all working on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it'll probably it'll be an ongoing, be yes, yeah. ongoing yeah. challenge. We absolutely don't. It's never going to be perfect, but no. we just need to make it comfortable for everyone. Yes. And, yeah. and I guess the mess- the point of that message is that we obviously intently always focus on the atmosphere for and sure. the experience. Yeah. And that's still our focus. Yeah. And you have live music, you mm-hmm. have beer and yoga. Tell us about some I of those things. That. Um, <laughs> so we do yoga on Saturdays here at Fremont, Sundays at Galloway. Okay. Um, we do live music here Friday at Fremont, Saturdays at Galloway, and then okay. some mixed in here and there. Okay. Um, we do bingo, we do trivia, we do cornhole tournaments, we do a lot of things. Uh, Bunko. Bunko. Yeah, okay. that started I recently. Seen that. Okay. Uh, it's been done. It's uh, over at Galloway, but it's going over really well. Okay. Wow. So I think we just had one last night. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I was here one night recently on bingo night, and I was sitting outside, but the indoor area filled up. You had people even over here where they couldn't even see the bingo callers yep. playing bingo. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So we get at both locations get huge turnouts for bingo. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's that is so fun. awesome. And trivia, honestly. Trivia does really well too. Awesome. And did you say that you give back some yeah. of your profits? Yeah. From that? So every month there's a charity tied to the game nights. Okay. Um, awesome. I love that. Yeah, it rotates. I think Lost and Found is this month. Okay. Um, but yeah, we rotate every month and, um, there's beer sales and tip donations and giveaways, things like that, that are all tied to the, to the charity. That I month. love that. That's great. Yeah. You know, my beer loving friends out there would hate me if I didn't ask this question. So yeah. how do you decide what beers to make, what mm-hmm. to keep on tap? Who makes that decision? Is it all of you? Do you sit around and have a big tasting night? What, what's that look like? Yeah. yeah. It's a little, it, it's it, it's a hard answer. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great question. Um, I'd say it's a few things. It's what is trending, right? Mm-hmm. What do you see on Instagram or in your travels, East Coast, West Coast, Denver, whatever it is. There's a little bit of that. Um, as we all know, sometimes we're three to five years late to everything that comes For from sure. the coast yes. in. Yep. Yeah. Um, secondly, it is really what stays on is driven by numbers, ultimately. Okay. Your top eight seven or eight beers they're just always here sure. mm-hmm. staples now at this point per se yeah um 
we'll kind of, and then third is it's seasonal. So we know fall, winter, we load up on some dark and malty and heavier beers. Right now you'll see there's only one or two shifts back to really light, fruit driven. So you do have a seasonal aspect that's very much driven. That makes sense. And then third, it's some recommendation. Someone says, hey, I really want this. Or we just throw something together. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. And how long does that take? Like I'm Um, ignorant when it comes to putting making beer yeah so so, i mean a day or two for them to build a recipe okay um, from idea and then seven to eight hours to actually brew and then by the time it's ready to drink two to three weeks for the most part okay there are some beers that they can age for a couple months there's variables but on average two to three weeks is when a beer is going to be ready yeah um, naming them is the hardest part. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I would think that would be the fun part. <laughs> yeah. Some say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's hard. You got to be creative and uh-huh. witty yeah. and fun, but politically correct and also make right. sure no one else has it and True. you're not going to get sued and there's a lot of variables. Oh, that. yeah. So all the trademarks that. and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It, naming's hard. Yeah. Especially when you do two, three new beers every month. Yeah. And I think we've done just shy of 300 beers in almost six years wow so you can imagine you start throwing names out yeah. they get a little weird sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and is 300 beers and the amount of time that you've been open is that are you overachieving i don't or? know um i would like to, i i think we are at or above yeah. the average mm-hmm. i would think so and then i would say i don't actually know what everyone else is doing that closely yeah, to be honest true. Mm-hmm. um i know there's a few in town that have really research and doing a lot of new cool stuff and some really great beers um some others are really set on their staples and they sell them and make them excellent you know it's very different yeah and that's part of with 10 breweries we have to niche differently right Mm -hmm. like we blend beers and we make two to three new beers a month some are more purist and these are the style of beers and these are what we make but that provides the consumer different avenues to go yeah Yeah. because not everyone's going to want to mix two or three beers in a cup we love it that's true but not everyone else does so right Right. Um, it's a, it's interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, well, at the end of the day, I think for any brewery, I would think you have, it starts with the beer, right? Yep. You've got to have a good product or people, people might come here once to experience the atmosphere and see what it's about. But if the beer's not good or they don't find something there that they like, then they may not come back. Yeah. So it's about the beer. Well, it's good to hear you say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also scary to hear you say that because it's true and it's the consumer yeah. mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's something we got to focus on because it's hard. At the end of the day, we are making something mm-hmm. with yeah. a lot of variables. Yeah. And we mess up sometimes. Sure. But overall, we focus on the beer. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, any last plug that you want to give to 4x4? And one thing I forgot to ask you, mm-hmm. your difference between Galloway and Fremont Hills, they're different establishments. You feel a little bit different when you're in each of them. How are you keeping with with the big surprise? We're open in Fremont Hills. How are you keeping the Galloway? Um, well, we didn't for a little. It was kind of the stepchild for a while. <laughs> right, yeah, um, it was difficult. We it took us about a month or two because we kind of got ran over here. We sure. quickly realized, hey, we got to give some love. Yeah, pay attention because we preach cleanliness, attention, and detail, and then we weren't doing that yeah. out of the gate, yeah. right? Um, so it's been a huge focus. If you walk in now versus even a month ago, it's night and day different. Um, we've got it tidied up, looking really clean, sharp. It's wonderful. Um, the difference is that rebrand, giving it that feel. It's that cozy, little darker, more homey, intimate, unique beer. Um, potentially quieter Saturdays still get pretty busy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really get going, which is great. But overall it's just more 
tucked away on a hill yeah. in an old right. metal building it is really cool inside yeah and the rebranding is happening now so it is. people can be watching you're, you're already seeing some okay. some trickle effects of again glassware merchandise beer types and then once we really launch that barrel program it'll kind of all come to fruition i got it okay. so we're in the middle That's of awesome. it right now yeah i'm excited about that That's great yeah thank That's you great. so as we wrap up here um we sell real estate yes so we want to ask if you've ever had an interesting real estate experience or a funny one or a terrible one that you could just give us a quick snapshot into? Oh, good question. Um, <laughs> we have bought, yes, bought a house in Ozark that was uh, very well-priced, very new, thought it was just great, really first home for us. Got in, loved it until we didn't love it. Yeah. Um, furnace went out, garage door didn't work, all these mm-hmm. things. Uh, it was a shiny toy that crumbled really quick. Yeah. Welcome to um, homeownership. Yeah. Right? Yes. So yeah. what I learned quickly was to pay attention to truly the products, the materials, yeah. mm-hmm. research the builder. If you know the builder, yes. um, if it's ten, twenty thousand $20,000 more, it's probably worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't always go for the bottom price. Agree. Um, so we moved out of there and started buying better yeah if that makes smarter sense. within smarter. still yeah. our ability budget. funds yeah. Yeah. Our budget yeah um because there's a ton of builders in the area yeah. right yes. yep. and i think again like any industry 99 percent of them are probably excellent yeah mm-hmm. um, but it was a challenge so yeah, yeah. pay you, attention to what you're buying absolutely. that's good don't just that's look good at advice the, that's a great tip yeah, yeah. don't yeah. just look advice. at the shiny siding because i actually sell siding for my day job so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you never know what's under the siding that's right no you don't that's yeah. right well, Derek, we want to give a big thank you to allowing us to have a road show today. For We're sure. super yeah. excited yeah. about that. Yeah. And um, we will be back to drink with you and celebrate your successes here. And we're just really excited for you. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for the for time and, and the uh, invite. So. You bet. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Simply Authentic Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to listen to us on your favorite podcasting app.